welcome to Movie Film Studios, the only podcast that takes you inside the mind of two film studio executives as we unravel and then re-ravel the best that Hollywood has to offer. My name is Isaac. And I'm AJ. Alright, so uh, this week uh, the feature film that we looked at was... The Dark Tower, the uh, Stephen King uh, novel or series of series, book, yep. uh, adaptation um which we watched with Idris Elba and Matthew McConaughey. That's and correct. A few others and some others. So I'm other discount actors. Many, many discount actors in this film. Um, but before we do that, we need to start off. Uh, what we do. Let me start it again. Before we do that, we need to do what we do every week and do trailer watch. Oh, I'm actually going to interrupt a well. And before we do that, yeah. uh, last week, Movie Film Studios put out our our, um, our first original, mm. uh, Adventure Children. That's right. I would like to just jump in and just ask, uh, how did we go? How did Adventure Children go uh, this Brilliantly weekend? Brilliantly well. We opened in, I think, about 20 theatres in Uzbekistan. Uzbekistan, yeah. Uh, sell out. Absolute sellout. absolute sellout. Absolute of course, those theaters have like five seats each, right? Yeah, but so they sold out. They did sell. They out, sold yeah. out. Um, and the reviews, magnificent. I can't read most of the reviews <laughs> because I can't understand the language they speak in Uzbekistan. Who's Uzbeki? Uzbekistan. I, I, that's really just showing our international ignorance. There. Yeah, but I saw stars. There were there were like stars attached. A few crescent to the moons reviews. as well for A some lot, strange yeah. reason. I don't know why how that figures into the review system. Yeah, it was it was both. It was like we got uh, one publication. I think it was like the the daily Uzbeki uh, gave us three moons and two and a half stars. Um, and together they make. Five yeah. objects. Uh, yes, I'm not... Five and a half objects. <laughs> I'm not sure if the uh, crescent moons are half stars or negative stars. I don't really, I, don't I don't really understand. Look, I'm counting it as a win. I mean, yes. look, I it, mean, it got a release. Box off, International box office takings yep. then actually has numbers. Uh, domestic box office takings, not so much. Not great. But I mean, look, I think it's on its way. Not, not that I think. I know it's on its way to becoming a cult hit. I mean, that's exactly... Some of the best films were not yeah. necessarily well-received initially. Blade Runner. Blade Runner, exactly. No one liked that. Um, and so, I mean, we really... We just have to give it time we to get, get picked up and go... Um, Particularly when we do the uh, director's cut. Oh, absolutely. Or rather, the executive producer's cut. Um, because we don't really care what the director came out with in terms of their vision for uh, Adventure Children. It's going to be our cut that'll come out about 15 years from now. Yeah. And will be the definitive now, version. we've been getting a few complaints. The few people who have managed to pick up a bootleg copy of Adventure Children were mm. saying that we did say we were going to get time travel and get a young Kate Winslet yep. uh, in the main role. Yep. And look, the time travel technology fell through. We mm. are aware of that. Yep. I believe that the people we cast mm. were close enough. Like, yeah. I mean, it kind of looks a little bit like a young Kate Winslet. Whether that person can or cannot act well is no. irrelevant. And we got as close to the people that we said we were going to cast. Yep. Um, obviously, LeBron James pulled out last minute. That was not our fault. No. We did not yep. realize it was NBA playoff season. That's I'm right. sorry yeah. about he pulled a pulled a hamstring. Yeah, and then, um, I mean, Judy Dench, uh, absolutely lovely in the role. Yeah. Uh, Liam Neeson, phenomenal to work with. Michael Fassbender, Michael Fassbender a consummate yeah, yeah. professional. Yep. Um, I mean, they were able to play their roles because we cast them in the appropriate time and age. Yeah. The the kids that we were going to cast... Um, uh, who did we have? We had uh, Dominic, Dominic Monaghan and, and Billy Boyd. And Billy Boyd. Um, 
they were okay. They were okay. Yeah. Are they? I mean, they did complain a lot that their conjoined twin suit was very hot. Yeah. Uh, it was a lot more duct tape than they were expecting. This is true. Um, yeah. We do again. You know, they they did sign up. I uh, think they were mostly kind of miffed by the fact that we asked them to method act as well. So yes. we didn't allow them to get out of that costume uh, once we'd finished shooting each day. So they were forced to be. And look, I mean. I think it speaks for itself. I think that the film that we put out there, really, you get that sense that they are, they're living the life of a conjoined twin. And I don't think we would have gotten that performance no, out of them. No, if we'd if allowed we them, them to exist separately. Yeah. So, I mean, they are still doing it. They did sort of grow slightly accustomed to it. Yeah. Um, you know, that's their choice. From from whatever happens from here on out, po- mm. post-release, that is their choice as yeah. how, how they live their lives, and yeah. that's fine. And I think the Academy will reward us for that. As well, that, yes, it's, it's the uh, Becky Film Academy Awards. That's right. Yeah, um, the the Moscas. <laughs> um, that's that's horrible, but also kind of fantastic. <laughs> um, all right, so now let's get to the, this week in trailers. This week in trailers. Yep. Uh, so obviously, big big week for trailers. It has been. A, I mean, Huge the week. biggest of weeks with uh, Star Wars: The Last Jedi's. Uh, they had a teaser, I believe, they up did, until yes. now. But like, this is the first full strength, full. Uh, full power yeah full for the force has awoken that's right and it's, it is it's, she it's, is the last and it, let's, let's actually AF. leave that to last because i think um yeah let's leave that to last let's uh get... we also watched the justice league has put out its third trailer maybe i think this is like the final trailer so teaser trailer then first trailer then mm. second trailer because it's it's out soon oh, i couldn't I tell you it feels like it's been coming out yeah. soon for, it, it, for years it, i mean this is the thing it's like oh we're gonna do the justice league oh but first we have to do batman and then we have to do superman yeah and then we have to do wonder woman and then we have to do batman versus superman yeah. and then, we, and then and, 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 to do and, the yeah. flash and every other one and so it, it has been a long time coming mm. i i know i am alone here in this film studio headquarters mm. i thought the not the teaser trailer the first trailer they put out kind of looked fun it kind of looked a little bit interesting mm. um they were doing things with characters i didn't think i thought the action sequences kind of looked all right yeah um i was kind of going oh, this film has a little bit of hope dc does not have a great track record i i kind of thought you know maybe they'll do something good this second trailer just completely sinks <laughs> any hope that i had it is just full of you can tell the entire thing's shot on a green screen. Yep. It's full of red and purple, misty backgrounds. Yeah. It's got cybernetic butterfly bad guys. Yeah. It has um, just cheesy one-liners and all action and a very puffy-looking Ben Stiller. Not Ben Stiller. <laughs> it would be better if they got Ben Stiller to play Batman <laughs> than Ben Affleck. But I, It's the kind of trailer where you wonder why they bothered casting real actors in it. Yeah. Because it's so fake. There's nothing... I mean, it's. I guess it's that... It's Zack Snyder's hyper-stylized uh, art direction that he's renowned for, and I yeah. guess some people like it. But sure. why even... Why bother cast? Just do the whole thing in CG. There's no real reason to have real actors in there anymore because it's literally just them in a costume. They're not even wearing real capes for the most part because the capes are all CG'd in. Some of them haven't even bothered to shave off their mustaches. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just uh, look, I don't know. I don't want to complain about it. I think it's going to be a bad film. Um, I know it's going to be. A it's bad gonna film. it's gonna get a, a butt ton of money, and that's yep. really all that they're after. Yeah. Um, it's it's a weird. It's that everyone has wanted a Justice League film for many yeah. many years, and it's been teased and put into like a um, 
the director of uh, Mad Max at one point was attached to George Miller. George Miller was attached to a Justice League project that oh, really? um, was going to go ahead in the early to mid two thousands, and then got canned for various reasons. Um, so it's a long time coming, but this is not going to be the film you want to see these no, characters in. No, but look, I I don't think DC has the foundation. I mean, they've it, done it they did a great not. job with Wonder Woman. I think it was a I mean, I think it was a better than average film. I don't think it's as fan- fantastic as people keep saying that it is. Mm. I think there's some glaring issues, but it feels like what um, Marvel did for Captain America, which mm. was again was a very mediocre, a sort of slightly above average superhero film they finally got a footing in with Wonder Woman and Wonder Woman for them is the best film by far in the DC Cinematic Universe Captain America is like maybe fifth Mm. so like to to get to that sort of standard that Marvel's been setting for years I don't think DC's gonna reach and I think there's gonna be a point there where um, the entire superhero genre falls apart before they can get there so we've had conversations in the past not on the podcast talking about um, film genres of the past and how they have some somewhere around like a 15 to 20 year life cycle you have uh film noir of the 20s and 30s and 40s you have um westerns Westerns, of the late 50s 60s and early 70s there's the sort of generic american action hero your schwarzenegger stallones they were very popular through the um 80s and 90s Uh, and we're in the superhero genre it's been running probably since around uh 2000 early 2000s with X-Men you could probably push it a little bit earlier than that with mm-hmm. um, some of the other films but it's, it's been going for probably around sort of 16-17 years yeah give or take and there's certain road marks along the way that you can see the rise and fall of the genre um, Logan marked a point there where they'd uh, taken a very different tact to the superhero film genre yes. um, where it's uh, a bit of like a retrospective it's taking the characters from that genre and putting them in a old and sort of grizzled context Unforgiven yeah. did it for westerns mm-hmm. there's a few other examples I know uh, for Deadpool did it as well yeah Deadpool was another road marker where they is a very tongue-in-cheek it's almost a parody of its own genre while That's sitting right, well yeah. if you want to look at True Lies was a great example of what they did that for mm. the American sort of action hero mm. genre where Schwarzenegger's playing a very, it is very much an action film but mm. it's very very sort of tongue-in-cheek and um, comedic. Yes. Um, and the argument is as well um, that once a genre reaches a point where it branches off into new areas and reinvents itself, uh, it's very hard to go back, back to yeah, just a, an ordinary superhero. Exactly. Film. You get you just get very average run of the move. So like it is now branching off. It is reinventing itself. It's mm. having to tread new ground to maintain relevance. So that kind of almost earmarks the end of an era in a way it almost uh, it almost goes here is here is the point where we've we're sort of on the downhill slide where mm. at some point in the not too distant future let's say give it five years superhero films are not going to be the stock standard uh yeah. summer and christmas blockbustery kind of films yep. it's going to be some other genre whatever that happens to be we don't know mm. but it um i kind of and i'm kind of looking forward to what the next phase will be i'm kind of tired of the same superhero films over mm. and over again. We did actually watch a trailer this week and we probably weren't going to talk about it, but it was called, what, The New Mutants or something along those lines? Uh, yes, um, which is a film in the X-Men uh, yeah. universe. So it's a, a, not a kind of a pseudo-sequel to so, the last X-Men film. Yeah, so you see you see the, the Marvel logo with the flicking comment, comic drawings and it says Marvel Studios, whatever, and you're mm. like, oh yeah, I've seen this before. But it's not... A superhero film. It is a. It's a superhero horror film. But I mean, it is it is a horror film. I think mm. with superheroes. So That's it's right. It yeah. barely fits into the superhero genre. They're now again 
branching out, taking a different path where they yeah. they take a completely different film genre and insert their characters into that. Yes. So it, it's not a, it's not a superhero film. It's a horror film. It mm. just happens to have mutants in it in a haunted house with. And then there's elements of there of they're taking kids who haven't quite discovered their powers and yeah. and seeing where that takes them and trying to control them. So mm. again, I think that is another uh, road marker on the way of going. Well, now we're branching out we're doing different genres with mm. these characters and it's sort of like they're running out of ideas or they're running out of track with with that whole um it's interesting stick. two things as well with that um mixing in the superhero motifs with horror is a precedent that's kind of happened before because a lot of those earlier horror films sort of used the idea of of um cusping adulthood for teenagers i mean if we want to talk about that we're probably getting into stephen king territory which is our feature film this week you you carry you have uh drew barrymore's Firestarter. that's right there's all of all of those sort of stephen king novels were burgeoning essentially burgeoning mutant powers Mm. in a lot of ways Mm. and i i mean then it makes sense then if you go well well well, why not just actually call them mutants well that's the thing yeah you know developing bodies bodies are changing you know Hair's growing, powers are growing. It's all a rich tapestry. But it's also interesting Little to Little Bunny noticed psychic powers in places there weren't psychic powers previously. <laughs> um, it's interesting that the only studio at the moment that's driving that change is Fox. So Fox is in charge of the X-Men license, and as a result, the X-Men can't appear in the Avengers it, films yeah. and all that, um, and they never will because I don't think they want to give up that cash cow. But I think Fox has kind of recognized the merit in not trying to do what Marvel and to a lesser extent DC is doing, uh, Marvel in the sense of the Avengers stuff, um, and not trying to emulate that by just trying new things. I I think they had great success with Deadpool. Yeah. They had massive success with Logan. And I think now they just feel like, well, we can't really do, we can't establish this crazy universe. They tried to do that with Fantastic Four and failed miserably. Um, (laughs) We need to do just new things with these characters. But they put out a television show every single season that only really has a season and falls apart or isn't that good. So Inhumans and yeah. there are so many of them every every year and they're all Marvel mutants and mm. it's all a way of retaining that license. Yep. But they're all characters you've never heard of or never seen. They're, they're, um, yeah. may have had some sort of comic book series, like a, a limited run. I'm not big mm. into the actual sort of comic releases so I wouldn't be able to tell you if there's like anthologies or anything like that but they all seem to fall apart and I like I get I get it you're taking chances you're trying to do um, a different method of storytelling through um, yeah through television but I think Marvel does that Marvel does that through um, Netflix they've got their Daredevils Daredevil and, and uh, Luke Cages and yep. um, all that sort of stuff but there, I think Netflix gives them a lot more freedom to do what they want. All of Fox's stuff is network television or cable television because that's the nature of what Fox is as a corporation. Yeah, yep. And so it has that very broad appeal feel mm. to a lot of the shows. They're trying to bring in as many um, people yeah. to that audience as They've possible. They've had far less success with their TV outings as opposed to what they're doing in film. Um, but that's fine. I mean, I'm, that's I'm all right. I'm curious to see. I probably won't see The New Mutants because I'm not a horror person no it I, looks like they they do the bit that you just remember from the frighteners which is the wallpaper yeah. stretching as like a ghosty thing sort of pushes through it so yeah. how good is the frighteners the good frighteners is fantastic film. um all right so we'll Let's, get to get to star wars yeah. um new star wars last year i feel like i was one of the first people in australia to have seen this oh, uh, really? trailer because mm-hmm. i i watch uh 
the NFL mm. and um, have a have an NFL Game Pass and okay. watched it as it was broadcast mm-hmm. uh, on that uh, CBS or I don't remember sure. I don't know who has the Monday night game. So, Someone does. Uh, I'm sure there are other people here in Australia who have that Game Pass, <laughs> but like it was it was a good sort of 45 minutes before anyone else sort of managed to watch that trailer on YouTube. So yep, yep. got a world ex- exclusive. Ooh. Um, pretty good looking trailer. It is. It's it's nice. Um, look, I I like Star Wars. I think most people probably like it. Uh, there's a lot of things I didn't like with Force Awakens. Yeah, pr- um, primarily that it is a New Hope clone. It is it just, it, not as it, good. It just hits all the same sort of story moments and you have carbon copies of characters and um, mm. the moment, again, you should not be listening to this podcast if you're at all scared of spoilers. We Any film that we talk about uh, will have spoilers. The moment Indeed. where you realise that uh, Han Solo's character is uh, analogous with Obi-Wan mm you realize that he's, he's going to die. Gonna die. He's going to get yeah. struck down. And it's a good 20 minutes before he dies as well. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, all of these beats are the same. Here are the correlations between the characters. Here are the people who are going to die. Here are they, how they're going to win the fights. Yep. So it becomes a little bit um, It does, but I think predictable. What, the, what The Force Awakens did was give us some really great new characters. It did, yeah. So Ray, Finn, Poe, Kylo, um, really solid characters to work with. They're all very clearly defined uh, so it's interesting to see this trailer where they take on um, there's depth, right? So there's a, a, a an evolution of what they were shown or what we were shown rather in the Force Awakens. Yeah, um, which it is, is, I suppose, somewhat worrying. Again, you hope it doesn't hit the same beats as Empire. Mm. Um, having said that, there are shots of the um, ATAT type walkers yeah. going along. There are. Um, training montage sequences a la mm. um, Dagobah, only this yeah. time it's on some Irish island, rocky yeah. island with Luke teaching Ray. So there are moments there where you feel as though oh, they could be hitting the same beats or they are bringing in elements from um, Empire Strikes Back yeah. to try and sort of tie in to be a second film. Yeah. But then they go off and they show these other sort of really great moments that um, uh, feel unique and feel earned. So there's mm. a there's the, the two... I think most sort of uh, powerful moments in the trailer are uh, Kylo Ren flying a spaceship um, that he knows has his mother on it. Um, mm. Well, play- it's implied by the trailer. Implied by the trailer. So, and he's just like, I have to destroy her to move forward. Yeah. And you, there's, I mean, it's also kind of heart-wrenching because obviously Carrie Fisher passed away right, yeah. uh, late last year. And um, so she's, so this will probably be one of her last sort of film appearances. Mm. And... Uh, so there's this moment here. It's like, oh, a moment between mother and son, between sort of choosing to kill her or not. There's tension there. We know that she's mm. dead. There's all these sort of, um, uh, yeah, interesting interesting ramifications of that as a character choice. And we see a snippet of that. And then the last moment we see is of Ray and Kylo Ren going, mm. um, I need someone to show me my place in this universe or in this world. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, that's an interesting dynamic between those two characters because it's not mm. sort of, it's not black and white. It's not, you are the bad guy. I'm the good guy. We're going to fight one another. It's like, we are the only two people who understand each other. Yeah. How does, how is this going to work? And I feel so. those are the two moments that the film, the trailer hinges around. The rest of them are Millennium Falcons flying through crystal caves. They're mm. um, TIE Some fighters shooting beams. Critters. There's, um, New critters. Uh, Finn fighting Phantasma, which really kind of should have happened in the last film. It should have been established in the first film. Yeah. Um, They wasted Phasma's character in that, whereas they could have really set up... Should I call it Phantasma? Phantasma, yeah. But it's Phasma. It's Phasma, Yeah, but let's call it Phantasma. Sure. Phantasma 4. Um, If they'd established more of an antagonistic relationship between Finn and 
Phasma in the in the Force Awakens, the confrontation in the second one would probably have more impact. Having said that, I don't know what they're doing uh, in terms of developing that relationship in the Last Jedi. So yeah. who knows? It could still happen. To be perfectly fair, I don't really want to think about the trailer too much, and I don't want to break it apart too much no. because it'll just spoil the. If you have go in with preconceived um, notions of what the film is going to be, or mm. you have these moments in your head you kind of look out for them in the film and you're always disappointed if they've been changed or not. That's so, right, I, yeah. I mean, up until we started recording this podcast, I actively avoided watching trailers just for the fact <laughs> that I, having worked in the cinema as a projectionist for so long, mm. you watch a lot of trailers and then you watch movies and they're never as good or yeah, they, yeah. they ruin it. So, I avoided trailers just to make the movie watching experience more um, enjoyable. Mm. Um, so, I really don't, just, just really don't want to think about the Star Wars trailer. Mm. I'm going to go see the film. Uh, pretty sure. much everyone who was going to see the film would have seen it with they didn't really need to put out a trailer no, it's not going to no. attract any more people to see the film than yeah. there were before so um yeah i mean like lucasfilm could have just issued a press release and said like the day before release saying uh hey guys the last jedi is out tomorrow go see it yeah and then that's it just and everyone's like yeah we were going to anyway, just, just so. handwritten on a post-it <laughs> note and photocopied and i think it'd be fine i don't think that film needs promotion at all um but speaking of films that don't need promotion that's a fantastic segue. It's not. It's not. Sure. We should. We should have. We should have done it. Uh, going into the Stephen yeah. King thing from the New yeah. Mutants because it was a perfect segue. Instead, I and said we were going to do Star Wars at the end, and I ruined it for Star everyone. Wars ruined it. So this week's feature film was uh, the Dark Tower. Dark Tower. Yes. Um. Uh, straight. Well, we'll get straight into it. The two minute recap. Um, God. You don't have to do it. You did it last week. I did last week. We it's can. Your turn. We can alternate. Yeah. Um. All right, All right, so I, look, let me get let me get. let's get let's give a, a bit more context though before we do the recap. Mm. Um, there is a series of I think eight Stephen King books uh, called the Dark Tower series, beginning with a book called The Gunslinger, and then going off into. Yep, I could name the other ones that I remember, but okay. like they're all like Wolves of Carla, Songs of Susanna. Mm. <laughs> uh, the Mirror of Glassy Broken. <laughs> I don't really remember. Um, uh, and it's a kind of an expansive universe. I sure. personally have only ever read the first one. I have not read. I've read any it of twice. Them. Okay. I have been told by people that you probably shouldn't start with the first one. The first one's a bit of a weird place to start. You should start with book two and then come back to the first one Just, at some point. I. Uh... I've been also like again, not from any factual source being told that it was originally written as a short story and his agent convinced him to expand it into a full book right. it doesn't feel if it, like the the basic synopsis of this book is that you have a gunslinger mm-hmm. running across the desert chasing mm-hmm. after the man in black mm-hmm. the man in black is some sort of figure of he's maybe a sorcerer he reanimates dead people that he kills mm-hmm. along the way and you have this gunslinger encountering these people along the way in this sort of post-apocalyptic wild west it's mm-hmm. a desert there's they go into a town and there's like honky-tonk guy playing like mm-hmm. hey jude there's um prostitutes uh in like the brothel it's, it mm-hmm. feels very sort of that stereotypical old west mm-hmm. and eventually he meets up with his young boy called jake who is from a different world and they chase down the man in black and it's very they the confrontation at the end is very non-physical it's all sort of talking about how you know reality isn't what you think and your mind isn't what you think so it's a very weird sort of conceptually kind of book there's not a lot that happens okay i this is this is the point of view that i came into watching the dark tower from mm. and i sat down i watched this film i'm like this is has nothing to do <laughs> with anything that i know about the dark tower okay. um so that's where i've come from you've come from a place where you've never read the book so no you're- complete ignorance i the only way i well the only um 
the way that I found out that it was a book series was on the trailer, it said from the acclaimed novels by Stephen King. I'm like, okay, there's novels. Great. Cool. Uh, aside from that, I know nothing about this this world, this universe, this this canon, whatever. Um, completely blank. Blank slate. All right. So last week, I think you actually did this in 55 seconds. I did, because it was um, easy. It was... they. You know, it's, it is easy when they have a pretty clear uh, mm. uh, idea of what the story is yep. I will try and do this in two minutes <laughs> I am timing it this time alright so we, I'm just going to get cut off at two minutes irrespective of yeah. Uh, yep. and having said that my preamble has been about five minutes long so alright all right. Right. three two one go alright so a young boy in New York called Jake is having uh, nightmares about a uh, a man who wears black played by Matthew McConaughey mm-hmm. who is trying to destroy a dark tower and unleash monsters mm-hmm. uh his parents don't believe him he thinks they're crazy they try and send him off to a mental institution it turns out that uh, uh the people at the mental institution are actually monsters who wear skins for faces uh, other people's skin mm-hmm. and he runs away they chase him he finds a portal goes into another realm another reality called midworld i think he meets up with idris yep. elba who is a gunslinger mm-hmm. carries guns around um they get into a bit of a, a scuffle where mm-hmm. they fight some demons they go see a seer and try and get back to keystone earth why it's called keystone earth who knows knows. um they get back there they get tracked down by the man in black um and they try and trap him and they the man in black wants to imprison jake in a chair because only the mind of a child can destroy the dark tower the dark tower is a uh thing that was built to protect all realities from evil Mm -hmm. by destroying the black tower evil will enter all of realities no one knows why the the man (laughs) in black wants this but uh jake has the shine which means he has special super abilities supernatural psychic powers so only he can be locked in the dark chair um he and idris elba are supposed to have formed some sort of bond or relationship or Mm. familiar father son relationship it's Mm. never really explained that it doesn't really go into that it's established but they love each other and um idris elba has to then go fight matthew mcconaughey and they have a big gun battle and Mm. even though matthew mcconaughey is omnipotent can catch bullets can telekinetically manipulate objects can just tell people to die and they will die yep. for some reason he still gets shot by idris elba <laughs> and dies and that's the end of the film that was good yeah that was minute un- 45 that's minute not too 45, bad 45 that's really good uh and completely accurate i guess like that sounded yeah. like a film i watched i i don't i look i'm gonna take for the uh, take your word for it because i struggled to understand a lot of this film. It is a very, very dense universe that I imagine Stephen King builds up through books two to eight, yeah. which I did not read. But it, and they've tried to cram it all into this um, hour and a half film. And it's we'll a talk, really short. Film it is a too. short film. It's like they've they've just kept cutting it down and cutting it down because yeah. and, and in doing so, they introduce concepts like the shine. Like yeah. this kid has the shine, and they just kind of say it in passing, and then they say it in passing again ten minutes later, and then they say it in passing again fifteen minutes later. And I'm like, what's the shine? Yeah. And then they finally sit down with this psychic woman who says the shine it's psychic ability and then i'm like oh all right so i mean we kind of picked it up from context clues without you having to explain it and it was a little bit strange but you hit it with us three times and we finally got it yeah and then you do decide to explain it and it's just like a one sentence throwaway that it's your psychic abilities like and it doesn't have any impetus it doesn't have any impact either as a as a concept it's like okay it's psychic abilities that's great so why are you at the center of everything 
Are there other psychic people? There in this are world? apparently, and so later on they have like a, a psychic wand, like e meter, and they just like put it next to his face, and it goes ding 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 ding. <laughs> You're super psychic, and it's just like oh, they must have. They didn't establish this, but they must have put it against other kids' faces, and it just goes ding ding ding. Yeah, it's like oh, you're medium psychic, yeah, yeah, so yeah. we do want to send off these lightning bolts. So they they strap the kids to the chair, they yeah. turn on this machine, and it sends off this pulsing beam of energy to yeah. try and like shoot at the dark tower and destroy it yeah. and normally they need like 20 kids in a circle to power this machine but jake is powerful but enough to do it by not himself even explained why it's children no i mean it is the, the oh, very is the very in the in the the credit like the very first thing is like oh, there is yeah. a dark tower that pr- yeah. protects us all from darkness this is, this is just words white words on a black screen yeah that fades away it is said that a child's mind can destroy it but- and then and it's just like, oh, wow, you've done all of that exposition with two lines at the start but of the it, film. It's not even good exposition. And it's not, I mean, it's, it is. It explains what it... It does the job of explaining it. It's not a good reason for why <laughs> the Dark Tower can be destroyed. Not. Why can a child's mind destroy it and not some other person's mind? Uh, just, I don't know. Maybe it's a thing with Stephen King and children. He does have a thing with um, kids with latent yeah. psychic abilities. And I kind of feel as though uh, there is some sort of connection between all of his um, stories because it is called The Shining because the boy in that story has the shine oh, and yeah, ha- right, it does yeah. so like The Shine is a term that he has used consistently or yeah. at least between different um, uh, of different bits of his intellectual property to describe that so maybe there is a connection maybe the shine that the guy the kid has in The Shining is the same shine that the kid has in The Possibly. Dark Tower so Stephen um, King just created his own. I think so. Um, we did in universe. in um in the Dark Tower. They're going through this post-apocalyptic desert wasteland, and they come across the ruins of an amusement park. Mm. And Idris Elba's like, "No one knows what these ancient ruins are for." He's not a pirate, <laughs> but I can't do an Idris Elba <laughs> accent. Um, and and the kids like, "Yeah, it's a it's an amusement park." And then yeah. you see these like this sign which has fallen over, which says Pennywise, yeah. which is the clown's name from it. So mm. there is these tenuous links between them all it is possible that they do all exist in the same um, world the same universe yeah which means that there's a bunch there's like a, a group of four kids who discover a dead body in a yeah. rural town somewhere on over. the train tracks yeah. and yeah there's a i think the only film stephen king actually ever directed was a film called maximum overdrive which is again <laughs> about like a, a truck like a semi-trailer trucky kind of thing that gets possessed and tries to kill people <laughs> which i think he then did again in um what's, uh, what's the car one called um uh, it's not carrie it's not <laughs> cujo it's not what other other possessed I, I things talk- i think yeah. it's a one word it's k sounding thing but yeah. who knows the key e- evil car evil car evil car evil is exactly car. what it's yeah. called oh that's probably the movie film studios <laughs> remake of whatever that film is <laughs> evil car is coming to cinemas um we'll get to that um, yeah so i mean just i suppose general overall impressions of the film uh is it is confusing it really is not confusing. edited particularly well no. um it's a, an incredibly dense universe which uh, I think probably would have been better served over the course of like a ten episode miniseries yeah, or something like yeah. that, rather than trying to cram this all. Yeah, it's bizarre into the that one they. Film. It's bizarre that they cram so much into a film that is so short. Because for a start, they could have made the film longer and yeah. not real. I mean, it's nice to have a film that's not two and a half hours long, but it's the kind of film where they clearly wanted to jam it full of concepts and full of backstory and full of uh, a much bigger world than what they show, but it doesn't give itself anywhere near the amount of time to make any of that feel authentic. No. 
And as well as that, at its core, the story is very simple. It's yeah. basically bad dude wants to open up a portal to evil that spreads throughout all the universes that exist in this film. Exactly. One of the universes is our own. Yeah, it's Earth. Um, How does he do that? He needs a kid with psychic powers. Our main protagonist is a kid with psychic powers. Yeah. He's trying to get the kid. We have mm. a hero who's trying to protect the kid. And that's it. Like That's a very simple story, and that story's been done to death. Yet somehow this film made it incredibly confusing yeah and it also made it so that uh there's no real reason to barrack for these characters at all no like so I, let's talk about the needlessly antagonistic stepdad yeah and the, this film is full of daddy issues but let's not really sort of get into <laughs> so much of those so the jake who's the main boy mm. um his we see a photo very early on of him with his dad and he's looking at it um, longingly. Yep. Um, I think the earth, this might be an earthquake and it shakes on the ground. And then we yeah. go out into the kitchen and the person who's there is not the dad from the photo. It's his stepdad. Mm. And his stepdad is a dick. Like oh, his yeah. stepdad hates him. Colossal, um, colossal. Just sort of like, oh, it's a waste of money that we're spending money on um, mm. uh, you going to a psychiatrist. Mm. And then later on, he's just like, uh, the mum yells at him, can't even you pretend like you like him? And he, the, the Jake's already walked in. He's just like, oh, right. So we all know that you hate me now. And so it's like, oh, if you don't go off with these people to the psychiatric inst- institute who you think are monsters who are trying to get you, secretly they are actually monsters who are mm. trying to get you, yeah. then I'm going to drag you kicking and screaming. It's like, you can't drag a kid off to yeah. a mental asylum. Yeah. And then... Then um, he's like, oh, like I kind of thought at some stage it's going to be revealed that this character is such an asshole because he's really working for the bad guys. Yeah. Doesn't happen. No. He's secretly an asshole and they're going to redeem him. No. no. Like Matthew McConaughey just walks in the room and says, stop breathing. Yeah. And the guy just and drops guy to the floor dead. dead. Yeah. And just like, what was the point of him being such an asshole yeah. if you're just going to kill him off anyway? And the thing is as well, with Matthew, Mo- Mo- so Matthew McConaughey plays the man in black, legally distinct from the men in black, by the way. Um, <laughs> he's the original. Like He's, he's before he's before he's he got OG. to team up yeah, with anyone. It's right. just like, I want to call myself men in black, but there's only one of you. I suppose it's going to have to be man in black for now. <laughs> um, so for uh, Matthew McConaughey, first of all, does a very, very good job with a very janky script but for the entire for the duration of the film up until the point where he kills the stepdad um he comes across as obviously the evil um the evil character the antagonist the uh will stop at nothing and um will just crush everyone in his path but then he comes and kills the guy that we all hate as well exactly. so you kind of like well done, Matthew McConaughey. That's the right yeah. move. We all wanted this dick of a stepdad. Really, yeah, dead, we wanted to get rid of and him. And you did him. And you did him in. So, good job. So, and- the other thing is, at the end of that sequence, he's sort of toying with the mother. Like, mm. he's he has, a again, a slew of magical powers, yes. abilities. Unlike the other films where they just bring up random magical powers at random points to mm. progress the story, it like, kind of feels as though this guy is omnipotent from the get-go and yeah. it's a little bit consistent. He still does have a really broader range of magical powers. Yeah. But... He's, he tells, like, he goes, show me to the mother mm. to show... Because Jake's not there. He wants to find out what Jake's been doing. Mm. And so there's a sequence where you see, like, this Jake ghosted in his bedroom drawing pictures yeah, and stuff like, like an, that. an instant replay. Instant of replay yeah. of, of um, all the drawings that Jake has been doing. And then it kind of feels like at the end of that sequence, he should have just said, stop breathing to the mother and killed it. Mm. Killed the mother. And we would have been like oh, there's a really powerful moment there. I didn't think you were going to kill the mum, but you did. Mm. And then it's just like, he doesn't kill her there. And it's like, oh, okay. I really I really feel like that scene could have been bookended by a more powerful sequence. Then we find out later that he did kill her there anyway, yeah. and it was off screen and he burnt her body, so her body yeah. doesn't exist. And you're like, 
All right, so the thing that you didn't do in a scene that you could have done there to make it more powerful, turns out you did actually do off-screen mm. and this death didn't feel traumatic or earned? Or no, I just it didn't. And I feel like the reason they did that is because... So Jake discovers the charred remains of his mother, which is really just a ash pile on the floor. Yeah. Um, and I think the whole point of not showing it then was to uh, give the audience... Um, the same kind of emotional resonance or the emotional reaction that Jake has in that we didn't really know what happened and we're a little bit shocked about it as well. It doesn't work, though. It doesn't pay off. It doesn't pay off at all. Um, and it's... Uh, it's it's unsatisfying. Like, that's the thing with this film. It's just unsatisfying from start to finish. It, it's, it's not a horrendously bad film no. by any stretch it's, it's it seems to be competently made competently made slightly there's weird bad editing yeah. the story is dense and a little bit confusing but ultimately yeah. kind of all right the it, characters are played well they're cast they're well. well yeah um the it has a beginning a middle and an end yeah it's just that none of the moments that should pay off feel like it's, they do pay off yeah. none of the action sort of feels particularly good there's a couple of bad cgi monsters in there mm. so it's just it is such a a middle of the road film it's incredibly middle we're not of the road. we're not coming in going this is such a horrible film this is a bad film don't watch this film no. it is just such an average film it is it's it's perfectly average in every way exactly uh it is the beige of the film world um it's it's that film that gets a 5 out of 10. I think it did get 5.5 on IMDb, which is a little bit uh, low for IMDb because they tend to be quite generous, but yeah. it, it kind of feels like that 5.5 to 6 It's not one of those average films that gets 7.5 out of 10 because somehow that's an average <laughs> I'm not score. sure, yeah. Um, it, is, it is a genuine 4.5 to 5 out of 10, um, and it's the kind of film that you'll just forget. Yeah, I'm forgetting it right now. Yeah, obviously. exactly. I can't remember half the characters' names. What I'll do is I'll just I'll bury this at the back of my mind and forget what happened, and then mm. in like two or three years I'll go and actually read the rest of the books yeah. and find out what was supposed to happen I'm, in them. I'm curious. I kind of want to read them now. I feel like there's a much better world in the books yeah, than there is. That, in I mean, that's this what film. you get a sense of a a broad universe that has um a complexity to it that yeah doesn't really translate to screen so i mean it's, it's piqued my interest at least in the in the books but i feel as though i can't go and read them now mm. so close to having seen the film because because then you'll just keep casting yeah. those characters in those i think i always will i think i mean having said that the casting's pretty good i think idris elba is pretty good i think that uh, in the lead role it's a crap script but idris elba and matthew mcconaughey and i guess all the other actors in this film uh do a decent job yeah they do an okay job um so, particularly matthew mcconaughey i think he does a really good job of just coming across as as evil. Yes, so what I really disliked about that character, not the portrayal by the actor, but just you get the... So he comes in and he can catch bullets, he can tell people to stop breathing and they die, mm. he can appear telepathically there when he's not actually really there to torment them, yep. um, he can kinetically move things with his mind, mm-hmm. he can just vocally suggest something to a person and they'll do it. Yep. I'm just like, okay, so he is all-powerful. Mm. Um, and his motivation is to release evil into the world. I wanted to know how he got powerful and why he wanted to release evil into oh, the world. Yeah, he, they do not explain that don't. at all. He's the, just a generic mustache twirling villain. Yes, right. Like, uh, but like, if the generic mustache twirling villain does not have superpowers, so I like there either yeah. needed to be a reason behind it or um, as some sort of explanation as to how he got this powerful and the rest of the people in the world haven't. Yeah, and I. There was none of that. And and the moment where you go, are they going to do that? Like, Idris Elba's tried to fight him a couple of times and he's impervious to bullets. Mm. So I'm just like, oh, well, he's going to have to think 
fast and do something mm. special and it turns out instead of being impervious to bullets it's just like if i fire one bullet at him and then ricochet a second bullet off the wall to knock that first bullet when matthew mcconaughey goes to catch that first bullet it's going to be knocked yeah. to the side and it's going to hit him it's like oh so you you still went with the defeat him with gunpowder yeah. and um, even and even then uh going back to mcconaughey's powers as well um so it's established that he can just tell people to die. Exactly. And yet, at, at, no at least point, three times in the. He says, stop breathing to Idris Elba's dad, yep. um, who is the president from the first season of 24, yep. and he just dies. <laughs> he says, stop breathing to Dick of a stepdad, yep. and he just dies. And then later on, he tells people, just kill each other. Yeah. And then tells everyone, forget that you saw these people kill each other. Yeah. So, like, it's established that um, you can just say the words. Just, I feel as though, potentially, in the book, there's got to be something in there where you go, uh, the gunslinger's mental fortitude is such yeah, that he can't be influenced. He's immune to the power of suggestion. But it's not established in the film. So, no. so if if Matthew McConaughey wants the gunslinger dead, just tell just him tell to him. stop breathing. Yeah. And that's all you need to do to, um, yeah. to solve that problem yeah. that you've got. But they clearly had to set up some kind of climactic showdown between these two characters characters and so <laughs> i think the scriptwriters at some point sort of said i'm hoping the audience just forgets yeah that he has this power to just tell people to die instantly uh so we can have this fight scene yeah i mean they do like their fight scenes and there's a couple of moments in the fight scenes which i think are really cool and mm. specifically uh Ooh, yeah, re- yeah. Reloading, reloading of guns mm. so the first time he does it he's got like a fistful of bullets and he kind of just goes click 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 yeah. as he, sp- he sp- gives the, uh, the 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 chamber of yeah. the gun a, a big spin mm. and then just as as it's spinning super fast he just slides bullets in i'm like, like that's kind of awesome yeah. like only someone who's practiced that hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times and has sort of slightly supernatural abilities yeah. will be able to do that and then later on he's got them all on his uh, belt loops yeah. like belt loops are like as a um bandolier sort of across his mm-hmm. chest or his belt mm-hmm. and he kind of slides that again the chamber of the gun and as it slides all the bullets sort of fall in it's like really cool reloading yeah i'm like that's awesome and then later on he throws a bunch of bullets up in the air and then just kind of holds out his gun and they all sort of <laughs> fall into i'm just like that's stupid that's super <laughs> stupid you got me twice you got me twice with two really cool reloading sequences yeah. and then once with one really stupid one yeah. so you know what that sort of dissatisfaction reminds me of have you ever seen now you see me or the the sequel i did see the first one Uh, yeah so i saw the sequel the sequel apparently is there's a whole sequence where they're like trying to steal something from a safe and they're throwing cards to one another that's that's what it reminds me of right like it's the kind of i went in thinking you can make a great film here out of people actually doing magic or like you know the sleight of hand sleight of hand that's that would be a fascinating film to watch particularly if you tie it in with the whole let's do a heist thing. Yeah. But the stuff that they do in Now You See Me 2 is something that is not physically possible no. in the world we inhabit. Even even for people who even have spent people, years and years exactly. perfecting their craft, you could not throw you a card and catch... You can't just, do it. So the issue that I have with Now You See Me, isn't the twist at the end of Now You See Me is like, magic is real anyway? Oh, I don't know. Like, it's just... It's like, oh, I'm Mark Ruffalo and I'm pretending to be the cop. Again, spoilers the whole time, but I'm actually part of a secret magic organization and you're all in and magic is real and let's use magic to rob banks. I don't know. It was such a horrible film. Let's not talk about it. We should really do that one day. Um, But before we do that, I think what we need to do with The Dark Tower... It feels like the Dark Tower feels like low hanging fruit, and we here at Movie Film Studio we love our low we hanging fruit. We love low hanging fruit. So, I mean, what what is the uh, atmosphere in the um, public eye that mm. has made the Dark Tower a film now? What what is it that we can learn from the Dark Tower mm. to to put into our own movie making business? Mm. And it really it is just remaking a beloved book series, right? Yeah. Because I think. 
again, I don't really know what happens in the rest of them, but I think the only people who could possibly be satisfied by this film are yeah. people who know the story, know the world, and know the characters already. Sure. Yeah. So there's and that therefore kind of there's, like, oh, it's that character it's that and ca- this one. Yeah. There's this uh, weird pretty girl who works for the bad guy who shows up and she's just like, yeah, you, Matthew McConaughey's like, yeah, you choose a pretty face and the mm. world's easy. And then he burns her face later on. And that's pretty much all she does as a no character, reason, but yeah. she's in a lot of scenes and I'm like, you have to be relevant somehow, <laughs> yeah. but in a way that is not explained in this film. Yeah. And I don't understand why you're here, but it, it, maybe people who have read the book are going, <laughs> oh yeah, she's Gertrude. Gertrude the face burnt. <laughs> and she's super important because at one stage... Uh, yeah, know. she maybe she becomes the next man in black. Yeah, man in black too. Maybe take <laughs> um, So, I mean, if, if we're going to do that and we're going to um, get those... those mm. p- fans on board mm-hmm. then we need to remake a beloved book series. a beloved book series but the issue the issue the here w- is that mm. at movie film studios we're very conscious of intellectual property yes. theft and so i think what we need to do is write our own books write our own first. series now yeah. i mean this might be controversial mm. i reckon we go out and we find a guy called stephen king and this is stephen king with a v <laughs> instead of a ph yep and maybe it's k-y-n-g it doesn't yep. have yeah, to yeah. be i reckon we can probably find and he doesn't need to be an author. He just needs to have that name. Yeah. And we sit him down and maybe he writes children's books. Maybe yeah. he can knock like a 10 page book out every mm. day. Mm-hmm. And um, we, I mean, we can say from beloved author, uh, Stephen, Stephen King. King. Yeah. I mean, is he beloved though? He's beloved by us. We love his work. We so, his I mean, work. yeah, That's definitely. Beloved. So, and, and whatever, whatever children's book, like he turns out, we can then adapt that into yeah, whatever into film whatever series we want. want. And then it's just from beloved author, Stephen mm. King mm. comes. Yep. Okay, well, if we look at the oeuvre of the PH King... Yeah, um, as, yeah. Uh, I think as people will... Or, like, from now on, there's there's going to be two Stephen Kings. That's right. And yeah. people are going to have to find a way of distinguishing them. It's yeah. like, it's like oh, PH King or PH v-, King v King. Or V King. Yeah. So, so PH King, uh, I think children tend to be part of a lot of his stories. Am I... Would I be yes, wrong? Yes, I think right I, absolutely that? is. Uh, so looking at, uh, obviously, Stand By Me, the novella, um, It... Yeah. Very child heavy. Dark Tower. Carrie. Is Carrie the, yeah. Yep, coming well. of age. Sort uh, of. He was the Shining, wasn't he? Shining was the little boy. The little yeah. boy in that. Green Mile, not so many kids in that. No, That's but fine. I mean. Uh, Shawshank Redemption, not Duncan, so many kids. What's his name? Michael Clark Duncan. Michael Clark Duncan's character is kind of childlike. Yeah, sure. I guess there's that sense of innocence and. Um, uh, the journey. Children of the Corn. It's right there in the children title. Children of the Corn. There's children everywhere. So I think that uh, V King. Yeah. Clearly needs to do something with. Children. I think what he, as as an author, will push him in the direction of doing kids' books, hmm. but like post-apocalyptic, uh, uh, post-ap- dystopian, yeah, um, fairy tale, semi semi science fictiony, <laughs> yep, uh, kids' books, kids just books. sort of just yeah. like you know, C yeah. spot, C spot run, C spot eaten by the marauders for food because there's not <laughs> enough, uh, you know, it's not, not enough sustenance food. in this in this wasteland of a. <laughs> Of a post-apocalyptic America. Okay. Like, so I think I think that's where he's coming from. That's the yep. direction we'll push him. So we've got to adapt those yep. into a film series by yep. beloved author Stephen King. Okay. Beloved author. Yeah. With a V. Uh, so we never, never mention the V. Unless, no, no, like, this is the, the world that general will have to distinguish. We never do. No. Because to us, he, he is, is Stephen, Stephen King, King, the yeah, author. This is true. I apologize, Mr. King. I did not mean to impugn your uh, relevance and your uh, magnificence. Um, so, he writes a, a series of children's books uh, set in a post-apocalyptic future. 
Yeah. Now, do all these books kind of exist in the same universe, or are they? I think. I mean, the we'll get him to do a very Dark Tower esque okay. like uh, books of series one through eight. Okay. Um, he doubt he will definitely like. We can't we can't pigeonhole him like that. In between writing, he can do his own projects mm. about scary clowns, yep. about possessed cars, yeah. whatever whatever he whatever wants, he wants to, to do. Yeah. About whatever spooky mansions. We're not gonna. We're not with gonna. Jack Nicholas and <laughs> what? Uh, just, just whatever. Whatever. Whatever he feels. Whatever he feels like whatever comes to his talented mind. Exactly. He can do. If that. he wants to write a spooky clown book, and we can That's adapt right. that yeah. very shortly, because you know, also spooky clowns are on the mind as well. Um, he can he can knock that out in a day. Yeah. It can just you know he can call it you know. <laughs> So let's say let's say what happened was uh, some some event in in the one of the Stephen King novels uh, an event happens yeah that splits the world into two dimensions. You had better not mention Super Mario Brothers. I am not Brothers mentioning Super Mario. No, this All right, is this our is completely own. different. This is completely different. Yeah. Some kind of cataclysmic event. Yeah, not, definitely not a meteorite. Definitely not but an asteroid, a meteor, a meteorite. Some, some uh, kind of building. Falls out of the sky, not a tower. Uh, not not a What's, building falls out of the sky. A building <laughs> falls out of the sky, um, but not a tower. Maybe, not a tower. Maybe the opposite of a tower. Maybe like a single story row of apartments. Yep. So yep. <laughs> just it's just a it's just a bank of apartments. Just, <laughs> sure. Yep. It falls out of the sky. It lands on our Earth, which we will call Earth Prime. Earth Prime. Yep. Sure. Earth Earth Alpha Prime. Eep for short. Earth Alpha Prime. Yep. yep. Uh, and it and it tears the world in two. Okay, so it splits it right it down the middle. Splits it right down the middle. What about men and women? Like it rips them apart. Ritz, yeah. So one world is all men, and the other world is all, all women. women. Yep. Uh, and but there's there's a, a tiny man child, like a, a boy in one world and a girl yeah, in the other in the world. Other world. Yep. And they're in the wrong world. Yes. They're almost like they're on opposite sides of the What's dark the apartment. Yeah. Opposite, different floors, opposite sides of the corridor. I think it's probably going to be a corridor. A corridor, yeah. It's like level 23 of the dark yeah. apartment. On one side, 23A is the man's universe. Mm. On the other side, 23B is the woman's universe. Yeah. Stephen King does like corridors. So I Our feel, Stephen King? Our P- Stephen P- King. P.H. King? Yeah. No, no, v-, v-, v King loves corridors. V King is- P. King... P.H. King has definitely used corridors. He doesn't love corridors no, 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 like quite no. V. King loves I think corridors. V King uses corridors... Um, far beyond a metaphorical sense, like they they transcend everything. Like they're, yeah. they're at such a core part of his work that for us to ignore that and not put it in our adaptation, we're gonna have fans yeah. up in arms uh, if we don't put hallways and corridors. Oh, absolutely. Into our film. Yeah. So, so, so somehow the girl from. 23B yep. uh, get swapped from with the boy from 23A yep. and you have a, a kid in each universe mm. who is completely out of, um, out of context the, yep, yep. Uh, and they're just like oh a girl we haven't seen a girl and they're oh a boy and yeah, we haven't seen a boy yep. and there's some sort of projectile based hero in yeah. each each universe yep. in one universe it's probably yep. a, an archer <laughs> <laughs> I, maybe yep and yep. in the other universe there is also a different, different. projectile <laughs> A uh, sling, like David and Goliath, yeah, sort of sling, sling, sort of style. Yeah. yeah, and and um, you know, I'm, I'm I'm looking at the story. We don't have a clear antagonist. No, and here's the here here. Let me pitch this to you then, Isaac of Movie Film Studios. Uh, the antagonist is the landlord 
of the apartment block oh. that dropped to the earth and split it in twain. Yeah, he's he's the guy who lives in the basement. He's yep. constantly trying to get rent checks yep. from people. Yep. He kind of it exists yep. in this and, in and the corridor. He lives in the world between worlds, which is the corridor. Because he lives in the basement where the fire-based furnaces are, he's always sooty. So he's very black. Very black. <laughs> Just like Almost like he's Dick the, Van Dyke in Mary oh, Poppins' yeah, chimney exactly. sweep. He's the chimney sweep. He's the chimney but, sweep, yeah. But he does, he's not actually a chimney sweep. They just call him the sweeper. The, the sweeper, yeah. It's like, yeah, has the sweeper come to collect the rent check? Yeah. The sweeper's also good, gritty and dark. Yeah, and yeah. he has special powers, like yeah. being able to turn on and off the water for That's our right, apartment. Because the sweeper wants to... The sweeper has ulterior motives, right? So he is obviously supernatural. Um, and his whole thing is to... Sweep the world clean. Sweep. That's what he wants. That's he's he wants. he's sick of the dirt and the dust and the grime. Yeah. And how does he do that? Is it reuniting the worlds, or is it keeping it divided, or how is how does obviously the the dark apartment or the uh, I don't sure the dark <laughs> apartment has crashed into and uh, and split the world into two yep. into two realities. I think yeah. they they coexist on they top coexist, of each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like like one, the, one side cannot interact with the other yeah, side. The apartment is like the nexus point, right? Like it's it's it appears in both universes. Um, in the same place, um, and he is the sort of master and dominion over both universes. Yeah, and I think what his... does he want to keep it that way, and the kids want to reunite? I think he does. I, I think, think he... we're getting into some weird gender territories of <laughs> sort of like the nuclear family of a, a man and a woman. Is it like why? I mean, maybe there are people in each uh, reality who are just like we're quite happy existing in this single gender universe. There's mm. no reason why, um, you know, we can't have happy relationships and strong yeah. families and true. we can just bring in gender politics in there because mm. that's a hot button topic as well and movie <laughs> film studios is renowned for for handling hot button button topics with oh, a, sure. a very with, delicate with hand grace so. and civility and all manner of of, of um charm um, yeah that's what we do that is exactly what we do um I mean, we had Nazis in. We did. We definitely had children, a so. LeBron James being brainwashed to think he was a Nazi, which. Um, which, uh, yeah. anyway. And again, you know, um, as we said, very critically well asleep, uh, received in Uzbekistan. Yeah. So, um, but look, so let's just say that the um, the the sweeper the sweeper's intent is to wipe the world clean. Let's just say he tried to do it by crash landing his apartment on the planet, but instead of having the desired effect of wiping it clean, it actually split. Just the split it in half. Yeah. So now the two universes are trying to reunite. So, I mean, I suppose you, you could from... go the whole, if he wants to wipe it clean and get rid of everyone, mm. is like the f- the best way of doing that is men and men are just going to fight and kill each other. He, mm. He's Look, I'm not saying that these are our beliefs. These mm. are definitely the sweeper's beliefs. He's, he's very, yeah. um, you know, uh, gender role centric. Yeah. It's like men and men existing together will just fight mm. and kill each other. Yeah. And then uh, women... And women together would just be really bitchy, and I don't know what they'll do. Sure, gender roles. Now we don't. We don't. We don't subscribe to this. We're trying to create yeah, an he, evil character. Like Dick Van Dyke. Okay. He's probably got even that Courtney accent. Oh, no, oh, oh, no. oh. Gen, get in the kitchen. Yeah. How are the men gonna survive if there's no women around yeah. to clean up after them? Yada yada. Yeah. Okay. Great. So he's a he's an asshole. He's he. I mean, this is. I mean, we have to establish that the antagonist is a horrible, horrible, horrible person. person. And being so steeped in these gender roles is how we do that. Yep. So let's take our two lead kids now. Uh, so we've got boy in apartment 30... 23. 23A. Yep. And girl in 23B. Yep. Um, so they would be, let's say, about 14 years Yeah, sure, old, let's do that. About the yeah. same age, and maybe they kind of look similar. Uh, they... Or do we want to make them like a love 
Thing. I was going to go, are they not like siblings or twins oh, okay. and they share that bond and that's how they're that's able to it. pass Across between... universes, yeah. that's right. Like um, that space film that talks about how love transcends... Oh, Interstellar. There's... No, I meant our version, which was um, called... Extra uh... Solar. <laughs> <laughs> Extra Solar. Yeah. It's just... Yeah. I don't want to get into it anyway. That's, that's, um, that's... Um, so, all right. So, we've got these these kids. And again, it is just going to be the most confusing batshit array of... Uh, yeah. They're just going to use terms. It's like, oh, you're so flangy. It's yep. like, and it's like, yep. oh, you've used the word flangy a whole bunch of times. I'm not sure what it means. Oh, later on, it means that you're just, you're you can, really, you, you really, can, or you can see the second universe. Yeah, exactly. So say, got, yeah, these two kids have the ability to like, they catch glimpses of the other universe, exactly. and they're kind of aware of each yeah, other as well because they've both got the flange. That's right, and they're the, they're the, <laughs> the yeah, and uh, and then the sweeper has this device. He's got a, a special broom. With a little um, meter on the end of it, and when yeah. he points the broom at each of these, the kids, bristles of the broom bend. They back. start bending back. And yeah. It's like, oh wow. Oh my gosh, the flange is so strong. He's got to have like a. Um, shall we give him like a southern drawl kind of accent? I was actually thinking we go with the Dick Van Dyke Dick Van- okay. horrible yeah, sorry, right, yeah, accent. Like, so. Oh my! Like the flange, flange is high with you. Um, <laughs> Bloody hell! Cool, blow me. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So, so that's that's that. And um and each okay so and um so the boy obviously has to live with his dad because the genders are split across universes yeah and the girl lives with her mum now both those parents assholes or are they, yeah no all parents are assholes. all parents are assholes okay yeah, yeah great absolutely so um and it's a res- as a result of the universes being split I guess all parents became assholes yeah I don't know All right, cool. So now we need to use now our shooter. Yep, characters. our projectile, um, the the projectionists. Yep. Um, so uh, well, I think we'll even like be super on the nose. Call the guy with the sling, David, <laughs> and the girl with the bow and arrow, Cat- uh, Artemis. Oh, Katniss will do. I was going Artemis from Greek mythology. Yeah, sure. Maybe. Nope. No, that's right. Mm. Yeah, we're going to get le- legal. Yeah, legals yeah. just call. Can we me combine and say, them? Can we combine the names? So what? Cartimus. 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 Yeah. Ar- Artemis. Now let's go with. Sure. Sure. <laughs> Cartimus. Cartimus and David. And Dave. Are, um, <laughs> I love how just... David. Dave. Hey, Dave. Dave. Hey, is it set? Uh, who knows where it's set? It's yeah. in an alternate reality. Alternate it's reality. Pr- probably still New York. All accents are there. Yeah, All, yeah exactly. All accents are there. Uh, we um, could use generic European. I, I can't do generic European unless I'm trying to do German. <laughs> anyway, uh, so... And and so the very final scene... Mm. Um, uh, Cartimus has fired her bow and arrow at uh, the sweeper, yeah. but the sweeper can block all arrows yeah. with his his, his sweeping broom. But, then but David, David slings, slings his... in from the side, yep. hits it, knocks it off course, and uh, yep. and shoots yep. him. And then uh, how, how are we going to do the really cool reloading sequences of like we can do the you know the oh, men in tights how he's yeah. uh, got like six arrows at once. Yeah. I think we just do that, just do that straight yeah. up for the bow yep. and arrow. He's like the slingy dude's got double slings. Yeah, and for he's... the slingshot, what he could do, you know the the patch where the actual projectile sits in yeah. if he just sort of whips that behind his back and it catches, uh, catches a, a projectile out of a basket that he's got boom. and just like um this doesn't really work in podcast because i'm miming the actions right now but um you know he reaches behind his back um flips a rock into the pouch and pulls it back and just like that's it it'd be the most amazing reload it's something that you could practice right it'd it be is absolutely something that a, a trained i just kind of feel like our universe isn't confusing enough 
No, you're right. It's feeling very consistent and clear. Yeah. Uh, what what, what are like little elements? What are characters that can we can just put in there for no reason and they just be there? Um, we need... I reckon we need... You know what we need? We need one of those like prognosticating elderly people. Oh, yeah. So to just so talk in, about in, how... In uh, The Dark Tower, there was a homeless person who looked very much like Mark Ruffalo, yeah. who we uh, called <laughs> Mark Sleeping, sleeping Ruffalo. Ruffalo. <laughs> um, and so we need one of those guys who's the old crazy guy on the street who's just like yelling... Um, yeah, prophes- yelling- prophecies of what's happening, yeah, and he's yeah. the only one who truly understands. Yeah, so we'll, we'll put him in there, and why not cast him as Mark Ruffalo? Yeah, um, we'll, I, I, I really we'll get- like. He has not. Full-priced really, Mark Ruffalo. He's been, like, I think he's been a little bit on the outs. They haven't put yeah, him in the uh, yeah. Captain America window. Uh, so he's uh, he's yeah. probably he's up got for a, He's got a bit of downtime. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, does can, a, a bit of downtime. Um, but then we need uh, the appropriate female version in the female universe. Um, so who is the female equivalent to Mark Ruffalo? <laughs> who is the female Mark Ruffalo? See, know. in my mind, Maybe, I've just gone with Reese Witherspoon because I think they were in a film together like, where like, he was dead and okay. contacting her or something like that. So, so it's Reese Witherspoon. And a Mark Ruffalo, sure, that'll work. Yeah, and they're both fun. dressed up as homeless people and they yeah. kind of look very, very similar. Yeah. And in some points, you're just sort of like, was that Reese Witherspoon in the Mark Ruffalo yeah. universe? I think what they've done like, in the makeup, what they've done is they've tried to match Mark Ruffalo to Reese Witherspoon, but then for Reese Witherspoon, they've tried to match her to Mark Ruffalo. Right. And there's there's, there's a point so in, a the point middle in the middle where, where they kind meet. of meet. Yeah. And they're sort of the same. So you get that sense of like, I don't know who I'm looking at there. Exactly. It's Reese Ruffalo <laughs> um, or Mark Witherspoon. Uh, so that yeah, they can just play some. Um, they can cameo, I guess. Yeah, exactly. I it's mean, this really this homeless guy is not in there for very long. Yeah. So, uh, we need to we need to put ourselves in there too as some sort of corpse because we as we established in the Goonies. Yeah. Uh, we have the power to time travel. Um, with our bone. I mean, I, d- I did say that our time travel technology fell through. Oh, it did too. No, no, oh, no that, that, that was just that, for bringing yeah. live people back. Bone time travel. Bone time travel technology still exists. So we can go so get our corpses. We from, can absolutely. Uh, okay, so what would they play? Where there weren't that many. There weren't that many dead. dead this, de- I mean, there were lots of like the gunslingers killed people. Well, in the Dark Tower, which we're not ripping off at all. It's implied that the evil beings in that wear skins. Right, yeah. So they're, they're like kind of bear-looking people, very furry all yeah. over their skin, and they, they remove other people's skins and wear their faces to mm. make them look yeah. like real people. And occasionally, like, it'll sag, or there's, like, seams <clears throat> at the back of their neck that you can sort of see whether yeah. they've been joined on. Yeah, and then they sort of fix themselves so, up. So maybe we just do that so we don't have to play skeletons. That's this right, time yeah. yeah. So, so, so just two people sitting in the background of a restaurant <laughs> yeah. will be our skeletons, but dressed <laughs> in skin so you can't tell that they're not ske- they're, they're skeletons yeah that's that's fine I like that so yeah and uh, there'll be a sort of team of puppeteers sort of moving our skeletons around to, I mean to I think it, whatever we do whenever we insert our cameos into the film it just yeah. has to be so impractical so we need like four puppeteers <laughs> just to have us play extras in the background yeah, of yeah. a restaurant so I would like the idea as well that a team of engineers has also rigged it so it's all motorized as well so you still need that amount of puppeteers, but like it's not just strings attached to skeletons. It's like, oh, there's pneumatic stuff in there and gears and, and all sorts of machinery. They blinked. Yeah. There's no there's there's no eye balls no behind eye. the eyelids, but there was definitely <laughs> blinking mechanics in there somewhere. And I think as well, we should split ourselves up. Like you could stay in one universe and I'll stay in the other one. Uh. So that we can appear in both universes. Um, okay, that's fine. Now 
we have is that confusing enough yet have we put in enough density yet i think so i think as soon as you i think we need to hint at where the apartment has come from because it's i think we need to imply that because the apartment crash lands to earth right uh and it splits the earth into two dimensions yeah but where did that apartment come from no, I think we, we, we can't explain it. No, we don't. Just, just we, like we've got to hint at it. I, I was actually like, I mean, do, do we hint at it? It's just like, where does where does the sweeper know all of his sweeping <laughs> skills? Like okay. we don't, we never tell. Why does we he never... want to de- destroy the world? We just yeah. we just like just he's a character. It's just there. Yeah. We know he's a janitor or a yeah. landlord. He's therefore evil and yeah. therefore has superpowers okay. like all landlords. What about the backstory of our projectionists? All right, so Is that the, what we're calling them. Yes, we are. We are. No, no, we are calling them the projectionists. projectionists. Okay. Um, we just do it in dream sequences, like they did in the Dark Tower, yeah, and yeah. and in both dream sequences. Like, so Idris Elba's character is introduced in a dream sequence where his dad just gets killed. Yeah. It's just the wrong place to introduce him as a mm. character. Um, I think we just do that again. It's yeah, just like, and so the sweeper is responsible for the deaths or the backstories of these two projectionists as well. Somehow. Yeah. So, um, let's say for the slingshotter. Um, maybe Dave, <laughs> Dave the slingshotter. Dave, maybe maybe he was just in a slingshotting competition at some point, and he, he lost f- to the sweeper. Oh right, I was saying like he he fired his bullet at the target, yeah, and then the sweeper swept cha- it. Ch- changed the target and swept his dad into where the target was, <laughs> and he hit his dad in the face instead, and just said, "Ha, Dave, you just killed your own dad." <laughs> I don't know why I'm doing a bogan it's Australian like, oh, accent. Dave, you just killed your dad. Kill, yeah. Oh no! I no. thought it was a target, and mm. I accidentally shot my dad. Does the same thing. Same thing for yeah. Cardamus. So Cardamus is is in a archery competition. Archery competition. Exactly. Yeah. And the sweeper sweeps her mum instead of the target. Yeah. yeah. Or cuts a hole in the target, and it's just his mum's face. <laughs> and then the sweeper's like, "You just got." a bullseye or should I say your mum's eye <laughs> and like the arrows out of the mum's eye I was thinking like if it was a bullseye in the female universe wouldn't it be a cow's eye oh I don't know do, do, do these people kill their parents before the universes were split know. or the universes split hundreds of years well, ago if it's implied or... that the parents are all assholes as well maybe it's just a like, exactly and then Katniss is just like <laughs> fuck it my mum was a bitch anyway like I'm done <laughs> And then she learns to love again when yeah, she when she, she has to when, protect the little girl. Should uh, maybe the, I mean, obviously our film resolves itself after an hour and a half as well. So there's no sequel. Ah, no. Look, I, I reckon we try, We aim for an hour and a half. It's too confusing, and we cut thirty minutes out of it, and <laughs> it's, it's just an hour, hour. And we just do straight to straight to TV, straight to TV, yeah. Um, release, or we cut it up into like webisodes. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, that's what people like these days. Right? Exactly. Like, People's attention spans are so short. So short. Ten minute blocks. I um, think, yeah, I think we've got the gender politics in there. So even yeah. if it's bad, I think news outlets are going to pick it up as going, this is a horrible portrayal of like gender inequality and these people don't understand the real mm. issues. And just because we did it so poorly, <laughs> uh, people are going to go, oh, I've got to check it out. And because of their webisodes, we get hits and advertising views okay, for all so of them. are we intentionally doing a poor job here? Are we going to sully the name of movie film studios by making a poor product? No, I mean, I think people will go, there'll be a debate. It's like, oh, did they deliberately do it poor to yeah. get it? Or are they smart enough? Uh, or are they not smart we... enough? And then there'll, there'll be the conspiracy theorists going, these geniuses yeah. at the top knew exactly what they were doing. And then people yeah. are like, I don't think they did. I think they just did a really yeah. bad job. That's that's the, the balancing point where mm-hmm. movie film studios sits. Where it goes, are they, they so smart that they're doing these things mm-hmm. to make money? Really, really Ooh. in clever ways and manipulating yeah. our feelings and beliefs, or yeah. are they just so stupid that they're they're just putting out really well, bad stuff? Clearly, 
we know. I mean, we know. I mean, this is, this is the point of the, the podcast, is that you get an insight into mm. the, the minds of the film executives who That's put right. these things out yeah. there. Yeah. And no film executive ever deliberately makes a bad film. No. Films are bad on purpose mm-hmm. because bad films make money. That's and right. that's what we're here for. We're that's here right. to make money. So we need to quickly cast this before we uh, put it into production. And also come up with a film title. And as a well. title for it as well. I mean, the two kids, well, we, we just, we will just pick out the best kids. No one knows who kid actors are anymore. No. We, need, we really only need to cast three roles, yeah. which are um, Dave, uh, Cardamus, and the Sweeper. And the sweeper yeah. Oh, and their and their kids' parents, I guess. And um, who cares? Like, I think the the well, died, the parents right? in this one uh, in the Dark Tower who looks like uh, Natalie Dormer yeah. or uh, Alicia I, I, Cuthbert. Yeah. Or, she she turns out to be the blonde woman from the Vikings TV show. Yep. Sure, no one cares. Let's just pick up a, a History Channel historical <laughs> whatever. We'll just pull out generic one of the people. blonde actress. She's from... a pretty blonde yeah. person who has been in things. Yep, they're so many of them that we can do that the real like you can't cast the Idris Elba or Matthew McConaughey role no. uh, they need to be big star can we get Dick Van Dyke for the sweeper oh, I, I think so I think we just need I to absolutely get think so we are. I, I think I was in contact with our time travelling uh, actor yeah. people um, last week and they said that although we couldn't get um, young Kate Winslet for, for this week yep. uh, the, they're probably only a week or so away from perfecting the technology okay. so bringing Dick Van Dyke uh, a Mary Poppins era Dick Van Dyke in to be the sweeper okay. yep. um, absolutely feasible for yep. this film and we want him to keep the same accent as well I mean I, he did it so flawlessly in he, Mary Poppins I assumed it was his did. real accent so. yeah I mean who knows uh, All right, so now great. we need so to cast... Dick Van Dyke as the sweeper. As the sweeper. So now we need Dave and Cartimus. Dave the Slinger. Who are Dave you thinking for Dave the Slinger? Who Slinger? I am really drawing a blank. I, I, I mean, I've got Dave... Because he's, he's Dave, he's probably Australian. Yep. Um, can we get... Can we get... Uh, Sam Worthington? Yeah, we could. I was thinking Don Cheadle doing a bad Australian accent. Because, I mean, he's great at doing the... He did an English accent in Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. Uh, and he was great. <laughs> At that, right? Sure, so he I did. He he pretty much did Dick Van Dyke's Cockney he accent. Did, yeah. All right, so we're going with people who have played Cockneys, <laughs> and sure, Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle, yeah. absolutely. Don Cheadle as Dave. As Dave, the the, the slinging. The Are there any uh, female uh, <laughs> actors who have done bad Cockney accents in films? Kate Blanchett has done a Cockney accent. Okay. At some point, I'm, I'm sure. sure she I'm, I'm She's also- doing one in in Thor. Is she? Yeah, she's got a. She's got a. Um, it's definitely British. <laughs> it's definitely it's British. Not, it's not Queen's English. It's it's definitely like oh, you know Thor. I'm gonna take you out and what are you the god of again? And hammers. And I don't like hammers. Don't I'll like, crush your like hammer hammers. with my hands because I've right. got big horns. So Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett, I think, as Cardamus is a really good casting. A very bold casting. Don Cheadle. Oh no, that's the other thing. I was uh, maybe we try and cast Terence Howard, and he'll ask for too much money, and then <laughs> we we'll just get uh, we recast Don him in. halfway through the film. So like <laughs> half of the film is Terence Howard, <laughs> and then the other half is Don Cheadle, and except, no one says anything except like the way that we we film it as if it's like you know we we had one for half, one for the other, mm. but like it doesn't make so much sense in editing, and we have to move some scenes around, <laughs> so it actually just sort of is jumping between <laughs> Terence Howard and Don Cheadle the yep. whole time. Yep. Yes, love it. Perfect, love nailed it. it. And yep. the film is called. Well, working title was the Dark Apartment. Yeah, I... but I think that's too. Yeah, too close. I mean, is our apartment dark? 
I don't think so. I think that's like the dark tower in this film is black. Yeah. But the strange thing about our tower is just looks like it just looks like a regular apartment. A regular apartment block. Yeah. Well, maybe a bit old. Maybe, maybe they like can attack the block. Some, yeah. Oh no, that's a that's that a is an actual film. Yeah. Though. What about uh, the block? Is also <laughs> that's a TV show. Is, yeah. Okay. Um. um uh, don't touch a uh, bitch in apartment twenty three. Yeah, I think that might be taken as well. All right, okay. Mm. Um, I mean, it's so difficult. It's a lot of these things hard. have already. I think that the market on apartment based film names and TV shows has really been cornered. Yeah, um, and it's very annoying. Um, the... Maybe we can just call it apart, because like oh, as yeah. the the two worlds are apart, yeah. it's in an apartment. Yeah. Um, people are playing parts. So it's called it's... apart, and then brackets underneath meant. No, no, no. Just, we'll just we'll just call it apart. Apart, okay. Apart, I, I like. I mean, as I think that's actually a really good title for the film. To be honest, it has a couple of double meanings. But like, if we want to make it apart in brackets, meant. meant. All right, cool. That, that's what we'll do. It apart, meant. Bra- no, it's apart brackets meant. Yeah, I know. But how do you say that without like saying that. bracket? You, you, you have to say you brackets. Have to say brackets. You have to say the bracket. And what type of brackets are they? Are they um, like uh, just the regular kind. regular kind. I thought square kind might square give kind? It, might give us like because okay. you know, so square, that square has, brackets. But then that has to be part of the name. So it's a part square bracket meant. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that, that's how it's pronounced. It's like Sir Seven N. <laughs> so you have to say have like to the say, punctuation and numbers yeah, yeah, and stuff yeah, like yeah. that in the title. Or um yeah okay. All right. So it's apart. Apart square, square brackets, brackets meant, meant um, will be uh, starring Dick, a uh, young Dick Van Dyke, young Dick Van Dyke, Don Cheadle, Don Cheadle and Terrence Kate, Kate, Howard, t- and Terrence Howard, and Kate, Kate Blanchett, Blanchett, two random kid actors, two random, yeah. Reese Witherspoon and, and Mark, Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo. I forgot they were. We cast them uh, because they don't look like themselves. Yeah. They look like each other. And sort of. two random actors to play the parents of the kids. Just the just the most random. Exactly. Possible. We'll oh. we'll trawl the Tudors. Yeah, or, yeah. or um some other uh, Downton Abbey but, or yeah. any of those historical any, piece kind of really. that you know um and and us as. Uh, background extras, background skin, extras, marionette puppet, uh, <laughs> not marionette, no, no, but pneumatic, like full yeah. scale pneumatic mechanical puppets, one in each of the universes. So whichever one you want, you can be in. And we're wearing skins. We are wearing skins, but nothing else. Yeah, just yeah. skeletons with skins over the top. Of them. Yeah, latex prosthetic skin type yep. Uh, yep. masks that make us not look dead. Yep. So, so are we ready to green light? All right. Uh, I mean, I'm, ready I'm, I'm on the fence. I'm not really sure you if I'm going to really? green or red light this project. Oh. Um, I think all we're going to have to do is our three, two, one. We have the two switches. We can turn one on or the other one on. What happens if one, if it's a tie? Oh, that's a good good point. We don't. This, to go is, to this the is shareholders at this point. Then I, su- I suppose we would have to go to the the stakeholders and the investors, which is us, which is also us. <laughs> Um, also, I suppose, how are we going to finance this film? Last week, uh, Mercedes-Benz U-Boats and, and Domino's uh, Domino's <laughs> paid for the film. Um, um, well... I think what we do is we actually build the apartment. Yeah. And, and then we get people in there paying rent. Yeah. And we use their rent to pay for the pay film. For the film, yeah. Yeah. And then we, and then s- we connect probably even to a tie-in reality TV show yeah. called the uh, the apartment but the apart square bracket men where yeah. we get people to build the apartments we don't pay them for their labor because mm. they get to be mm. on a reality tv show yeah and then when the people move in mm. they're like oh we've seen these apartments on tv we'll overpay yeah, for those yep. apartments earn money that way they're paying us rent yep. earn money that way um right. and then we'll eventually sell that apartment as well and because after, it's now a yeah. piece of film history Exactly. You know how much all those film props and crap exactly. go for? Like, we could sell it for oh, that's, a million. It's money-making at, at its best. Uh, we don't even need to get uh, established no, no, no. brands involved now, in this I mean, does, does this help you in terms of the green lighting process? The I think so. we now have a, a financial... I absolutely think so. All right, shall we have a look and... Uh, 
Get the switches going. All right, All right okay. here we go. Three, Three two, two, one. All right. Oh, it's greenlit. Two green lights. That it's is green a greenlit lit. It is project. now in pre-production uh, once we find a director. Oh, also, we need to go out. I'm sure we can just type into like LinkedIn or something like that. Stephen King with a V. Because we, oh, we, yeah, we haven't actually get, found or hired green, him yet. Yeah, we've greenlit the writing process. Yeah, so uh, uh, we'll we'll get one of our um, scouts out to, to find yeah, yeah. Uh, V King. Stephen Whoever he happens King. to be. Could be a woman. Who knows? Yeah. Stevie King. Stevie. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what the... Yeah, sure. Let's let's do That's it. Fine. I'm, I'm happy with that. Great. All right. Um, so this has been another episode of Movie Film Studios. So there are a few bits of housekeeping that we have to do at the end of this episode, which we haven't yeah. done before. We actually officially put up uh, the first few episodes on um, iTunes on and iTunes, Podbean yes. and a, a few other um, podcasting places. So it yeah. is actually now available for public consumption. Yes. And because of that, um, there's a few things that you know you as listeners can do for us. So uh, follow us on Twitter. Uh, yes, we are at Movie Film Studio because Movie Film Studios is too many letters for Twitter. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, there you go. So, um, Movie Film Studio? Studio, yeah. Um, we'll get that second studio at one point Why, and we'll yeah, have we'll two of there. them. And we'll, we'll get be, there. Uh, and then, um, uh, do we have a website? We will have a website and a oh, right. domain name for it. Yeah, but um, we have a Facebook page. Facebook page? Uh, so just search for Movie Movie Film Studios. Uh, we are on iTunes, as we, yep. as we said. So, so one of the yeah. biggest things that you can do as listeners is review us on iTunes. Yeah. It really goes a long way to helping Super us get uh, uh, found yep. when you search for things for mm. getting visibility. Um, we are potentially doing a thing where if you do leave a review, yep. we will uh, read it out mm-hmm. on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will pick the, the best the reviews. Best not one, necessarily yeah. five-star reviews. If you don't feel mm-hmm. as though we're not a five-star mm-hmm. podcast, then don't if leave a five-star review. you hate it, yeah, then no. that's fine. Leave I mean, a five-star review. We're definitely going to only read out five-star. No, no, any of the of the good reviews. If, you, yeah. if, you're, if you're funny, if you're witty in your review, we'll read it out. Yeah. Um, uh, if you want even... Write it as a review for the film that we've done this this week. That so would be if fantastic. you if you want to write a review for the apart square bracket <laughs> meant or uh, adventure children, then absolutely it'll probably even go on our movie posters. Yeah. Um, obviously we're uh, encouraging uh, creatives as well. If you want to make movie posters for the films that oh. we as movie film studios comes up come Hol- up with, then holy crap, absolutely would that would be phenomenal. so good if we saw a poster for some of the films we've come up with so far. Even like I was listening back to the first episode. Mm. Um, uh, Blackfish 2, the <laughs> the Barry Nibble <laughs> story. Barry Nibble story. Yeah. Uh, also a fantastic uh, movie oh, film studios. Uh, um, and if you guys know any of the actors we've cast in these uh, films as well, please feel free to pass on these ideas to them because we would love to get them made at some point. Um, oh, actually... I mean, they're getting made, but... They will get made, absolutely. Yeah, we can really fast-forward the process of getting them made if yeah. someone knows Kate Blanchett Any personally. industry contacts. We, I mean, obviously, we have our own industry contacts. Yeah, but if you know an executive producer that looked at the set of Independence Day or yep. um, uh, some other film that Roland Emmerich directed, uh, get in contact with them because we, we need... would love to get in touch with them. Um, and, like, it, anything that they did on those films is fine. If they just sort of pointed in the direction of the film to try and guide some other person who worked on it to the set fine we'll take them we would love them because we need all our films to say from the executive producer of something something yeah um so the last piece of housekeeping is the uh theme song yes our little music uh our little music intro and outro uh comes to us from an artist called i can't actually pronounce it but it's proletaire p-r-o-l-e-t-e-r uh, who does a lot of wonderful electro uh, swing music. And um, that artist, I believe it's a, it's a guy, he's available on Bandcamp, on SoundCloud. So just have a look for him. So it's P-R-O-L-E-T-E-R. 
Um, the song that we're using is one called April Showers. And uh, he's got a ton of stuff like that, yeah. all available for you to use. And for graciously yeah, allows you to, under a Creative um, yeah. Commons license, allows yeah. you to use it for um, so long as you credit him. And again, mm. uh, we have, I think, put them at the front of the other episodes that we've released, but this is the first time we're actually sort of recording after releasing our... Um, so we'd obviously like to give a, a huge uh, shout out and thanks to um, yeah. to that. Yeah, to that musician. Um, so yeah, go to wherever good podcasts are given away for free and uh, grab yourself or subscribe to Movie Film Studios. We are out there now. Um, yep, so uh, thanks for listening this week. Um, I've been Isaac. And I've been AJ. Roll credits. Roll credits.